Fantasy Focus Football. Mm. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Field Yates and Mike Clay. And if you notice here, I'm wearing myself a turnover chain. You know yeah, why, you are. Field Yates? Uh, let me guess. You did not start any bangles yesterday. Hey, That's yeah. why. That, that actually was, would be a really good idea. That's <laughs> smart. You, you get an award if you bench T. Higgins or Jamar Chase yesterday. Well, I, 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 this Burrow. is like the best part about week one of fantasy football is every year when there are people who I introduce the game to and I talk them to the preseason, like, you know, here are like some players to keep an eye on. If I help them with their draft, I'm like, dude, Chase, Jamar Chase, first round pick. Like if Safe you get him comes. anywhere lower than pick one, it's a value. Oh, you got him at pick four. You stole Jamar uh-huh. Chase. You got T Higgins at pick 26. Are you kidding me? Like you might as well just stamp yourself the champion right now. And then week one hits. And they're like, I get angry I text last night. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I can't believe you said to draft Jamar Chase. Yeah. That's How dare you? All right, we had a board bet coming into this week. The board yeah. bet was Field Yates. We talked about Van Jefferson. Uh, so the board bet was original board original, bet was we yes. had a J.K. Dobbins board bet. We'll talk about J.K. Dobbins in a yeah, minute. Top Didn't 18, felt like poor taste to carry through the bet mm. after he got hurt. We'll yes. discuss that in just a minute. So, so you and I over text yesterday. We pivoted. We pivoted before the 4 p.m. games began. Van Jefferson being a top 46 wide receiver in yeah, week one. Yeah, the natural pivot to Van Jefferson. Because Mike... Field had him What's at 40. spicier than a Van Jefferson top 46 wide receiver bet? Field had him at 40. I had him at 52. And I was trying to find something in the 4 p.m. games. And he was the one Rams wide receiver we thought we could count on. Yeah, Let of alone, I find out that I win the bet. So congratulations to me. Shout out to all of and And Field actually has to wear a fantasy loser, uh, unfortunately. Can I be honest with you? You look pretty good in it. It's kind of a cool vest. I'm yeah. not going to lie. And, <laughs> and if I ever go for a walk or a bike at night, I will be wearing this because as it's it's going to get dark depressingly no, early in Connecticut that. soon enough. I'll be wearing this pretty much from the hours of like 3.30 p.m. on when it gets dark and until yeah. about 8.15 a.m. when it's still dark. Your morning uh, walk. Even. That's right. Yeah. So you're wearing that. You're wearing the chain and I'm wearing my laptop. This is me for the next 18 weeks. <laughs> Especially after that is won. what you do. Oh, you're so you're going to make some board bets. We're going to make some board bets. I'll make some board bets, yeah. but I'll also be wearing this at all times because there's so much to do. All right. We got so much to talk about with week one. Really almost is. totally in the books. We got Monday Night Football still waiting for to be played. Obviously, we got Josh Allen taking on Aaron Rodgers yeah. and the Jets. So pumped mm-hmm. about that tonight. But let's dive into what we saw yesterday guys okay let's do it we'll start unfortunately with the ravens and we're going to talk about jk dobbins who got into the end zone and looked really good early Mm -hmm. field and then we find out on that touchdown play he tore his achilles and is going to miss the rest of the season just sucks and this is a player who has been tormented by injuries right the acl tear as a rookie this achilles tear now as we know he has was it over the fur over the past two seasons he's missed more games than he has played his entire career that, that, that trend's going to continue yep Not long ago, J.K. Dobbins made it clear, at least it was reported, that he wanted the new contract from the Ravens. Now he's going to miss the entire season, the final year of his rookie deal, go into free agency coming off of an Achilles because I would be stunned if this team negotiated a long-term deal for him, at least anywhere close to the money that he probably wanted to prior to this injury yesterday. You feel awful for him, Mike, because he's a really talented player when he is on the field. Don't victory lap this if you were the person that was saying you faded J.K. Dobbins this year. The reasons were legitimate. Obviously, a player who was not going to catch a ton of passes. They were going to rely on Lamar Jackson as a runner. Obviously, there's been an injury history. Now is not the time for a victory lap, Mike. 
Unfortunately, though, it is the time for us to ask, is there anybody in this backfield that we can turn to? Honestly, I'd say you could victory lap if you were high on J.K. Dobbins because right. he looked so good. He looked at great. The yeah. of that game scored a touchdown. It looked like that breakout was going to happen. The good news is he's still pretty young. So you would imagine he gets healthy. You know, I don't want to say fortunately, but at least it happened early in the season. Week one, he has a chance to play early next season, maybe sign a one-year, prove it, have a big year, and then get yeah. that extension. That's what we're rooting for because the guy is such a talent, uh, and we want that to happen for him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just uh, it's just unfortunate. But I want to uh, ask some questions yeah. here. In this offense, I don't feel like once they get at the goal line, Lamar Jackson is the kind of quarterback that they're going to do the Jalen Hurts, Anthony Richardson. Let's just, like, put him up the middle and see what happens. He's Probably a not. Bit smaller, right? I mean, if, if you had to put a bet on who leads the Ravens in total touchdowns this season – not a terrible bet to throw on Gus Edwards, right? Because with no J.K. Dobbins, what we saw yesterday was both Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. I believe it was an 8-7 carry edge for Gus Edwards over Justice Hill. But of course, Hill scores the two short touchdowns yesterday. But Edwards, bigger player, a guy that the Ravens have just loved for multiple seasons. So wouldn't surprise me if he has the slight carry edge here, Mike. But I kind of wonder if this is one of those where the two players eat at each other's workload too much to make either one of them a legitimate starter in fantasy. That is my expectation. And uh, what I saw early on was J.K. Dobbins was a clear feature back, and then mm-hmm. Hill seemed to be the two. Uh, once Dobbins was out of the lineup, we started to see more and more. Gus Edwards they ended up even, actually, with eight and eight carries. Neither had a target. Snaps were pretty even from that point forward. So uh, Hill ran more pass routes. He's the better pass catcher. That's yeah. the role I would expect him to be in. But again, this is not an offense that's going to target that position a lot. Yeah. I think moving forward, honestly, if the depth chart stays as is, they'll probably be near the basement of the NFL and running back targets. These two will probably split the carries. Edwards Melvin Gordon will be back edge. in the mix. Too. Yeah. Who, who's that? Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon, I would imagine. Yeah. We'll be back in the yeah, mix. That's a fair point. Yeah, on the practice squad. But I but think it's already been trickier because yeah. they're going to use all these guys. So uh, I, I don't feel good about it. I don't. You're gonna, you could throw a few bucks on them uh, on waivers this week, but they're not guys I feel like we're going to start, at least not week two. Hey, can we start the uh, Jonathan Taylor to the Baltimore Ravens conversation? Rumors. They make they make the trades. They're what Roquan Smith they last year. They do make year. those we've, deals. We've yeah, the yeah. Colts once played in Baltimore. Mm. It'll be a homecoming of sorts. Not really for Jonathan Taylor, but we can call it that just yeah. to make it, it seem like, like it's a more logical trade. No, he was not. <laughs> All right, he was about negative 35 <laughs> years old when that happened. We'll talk Deontay Johnson really quickly, too. Pulled up with a hamstring injury in the middle of the game. And at that game, honestly, just felt really tough in general for the Steelers. The 49ers tough. were so dominant. Tough. Yeah, those are tough. Tough would be an interesting way of describing way it. Describe it yeah. Terrible. They, yeah, They Good were behind Chuck. so early that it's just almost like the game plan's gone already. Yep. They're come back. Najee had how many carries? Less six, than 10. six, was it? Yeah, six carries for now. Game script was totally thrown away. It's it is kind of a throwaway game. Maybe the 49ers are just going to be this dominant on the defensive oh, they're side excellent. of the ball. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not I'm not panicking about this game yet. Uh, they did start to show some signs as the game went on, uh, just in general about the Steelers. Yeah, there's still hope for this team. They look so good in the preseason. There's a lot of reason for excitement. They just got blown out right out of the gate and it was over. And that happens. We've seen that. We've seen. I remember when the Patriots were like, last year. Yeah. Or the Patriots when they were in their prime. Years. Oh, yeah. There was Every like a year, year they got blown out by Buffalo, like yeah. in week one. And then yeah. they went on like won the Super Bowl. It happens. It, you know, that was all but, the way back in 2003. What a pull from you, Mike. Remember that? Wow. They cut like 31 lawyer Malloy. Like and then that. all of a sudden yeah. they, yeah. Yeah, he goes right. to the Bills. The Bills win big. The Patriots win the Super Bowl. So they get the last laugh. Yeah. 
All right, let's move ahead and talk about this week. You guys ready? Uh, yes, we'll follow up on Deontay Johnson in just a, a minute because mm-hmm. certainly there's uh, more context to share there. All right, so we're going to talk about the Big Ten topics. We thought about calling this the Pac-12, but we didn't want the segment to <laughs> fold before we even got uh, into the season. Hey, so we the I was going to say, but there are so many ways we could take <laughs> yeah. that joke. It's like you called the Pac-12, you called the Big Ten, which means we're actually going to hit 16 <laughs> topics and not 10. So uh, work with us over the next handful of uh, weeks here. Brilliant. Well done. That Thank you. I appreciate good. that. Thank you. Uh, this is going to be fun. Let's just start here. Miami looked freaking amazing. Tua Tungavailoa and Tyreek Hill looked like they were in the throes of the middle of last season. Like nothing had skipped a beat. Like they just, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you do if you've got Tyreek Hill other than say, thank you for helping me win? I was my just say, congratulations. <laughs> like week one is not technically over as of right now, but congratulations it to all those who had Tyreek Hill because you just won big because he had 44 and a half fantasy points, 215 receiving yards, two touchdowns, 11 catches. The Chargers who last year did have all the answers for the most part against the Dolphins had no answers yesterday. So Tyreek Hill, you know, like what are you going to really say here, right? He was at worst, like the fifth overall pick in most drafts, but a good reminder that as we discussed during the preseason, and I know it sounded like hyperbole at the time, but no quarterback or few quarterbacks have as much weekly upside as a thrower as Tua does. Does that mean he's the best thrower in the NFL? Probably not. But you know what? I'm not here to dunk on Tua right now. I'm here to tell you that the guy threw for 466 yards yep. against a defense that does have all pros all over the place, right? You've got, you know, we think Derwin James is an all pro caliber player and Joey Bosa and Kula Max mm-hmm. been there, done that. JC Jackson makes a ton of money now. So really impressive start here, Mike, from this Dolphins offense. And uh, uh, they apparently didn't even need Jalen Waddle yesterday because he was relatively quiet. It didn't matter. Yeah, that's right. Uh, first of all, my favorite nugget from week one, I noticed this today when I was going through all the, the data rolling in was Miami won this game against the Chargers. Good Chargers team <laughs> yeah. without playing a single offensive snap with the lead. Really? Zero offensive snaps with the lead. How about yesterday. that? So the last the time they scored was when That's it. Wow. Yeah, they, kept, they were trailing, 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 or tied a little bit, but mostly they trailed. Over 70% no of the time they were behind, they won this game. So impressive. Um, as for Tua, Tyreek Hill, we saw them spike games last year. Same kind of thing. I think it was Baltimore week two last year. They yeah. had that huge game, much like, similar stat line for Tua, actually. So, uh, you know, it's going to happen. We're going to have them. Tua, I feel a little better about him, but he was already QB7. Last season, when he was healthy, you're going to have some of these. You're going to have some down games. He does not add value with his legs. Only five yards yesterday, yeah. 70 all of last year. So he's still going to be a streamer. He's still going to be a fringe uh, QB one this season. And, and like you said, no change on Tyreek. He's still going to have a little bit of a boom bust to him, but the ceiling is so high. He's still a strong wide receiver. One. It's just great in week one when your first round pick absolutely matches and oh, carries yeah. you to victory. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about another guy that we made fun of, our producer, actually, David Presley, because we were like, you know what? Did you reach on Calvin Ridley, Dave? And then it turns out that Calvin Ridley is actually pretty good at football in week one. What an alpha. What an alpha Dave is. What an alpha Calvin Ridley was. I mean, he looked the part, the clear-cut wide receiver Mm -hmm. one for the Jaguars. Absolutely no question in terms of both snap percentage and target percentage. And who is the number one wide receiver for Trevor Lawrence, who... Looked pretty darn sharp to me. It wasn't perfect from Trevor Lawrence. Did have an interception. Did have that weird fumble play where DeForest Buckner returned it for a touchdown. But Mike, if you had any apprehension over the idea that Calvin Ridley was the wide receiver one for the Jaguars, it is all gone. Yeah, 11 targets were four more than any other player on this team. Also, the discussion early in the offseason was, you know, Christian Kirk's getting paid a lot. Is he going to be a threat? Kirk was third in line. Zay Jones, and we saw this in the preseason, so it's not a shock, but Zay Jones was the clear number two in this game. Kirk only came out in the field in three wide sets. And I think Kirk can still get enough target volume to at least be startable as a flex. But if you drafted him and where he was going, which was too early, you're, 
you're probably not feeling great. 61% of the snaps yesterday for Christian Kirk. Down from it. about 101 last uh-huh. year, right? Yep. I mean, not literally, but close we, to it. We talked about this. If Zay Jones, I mean, Zay Jones was really good last year, Field. Yeah, he's and, a legitimate football player. And and a touchdown. Touchdown. Awesome this touchdown catch. catch. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that touchdown catch did not look real. I thought I was watching George Pickens out there for a second. Yeah, it was he sick. Had a, he had a good out of bounds, too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All right, we got one more thing we want to talk about here, and that is the... Atlanta Falcons running back position field J. Let's start. Let's yeah, start with like the, the good, good things. Let's start with the good. Yes. Let's start with the good things. There's a lot of good. We There's saw a lot some of really good positive. No out, doubt, Mike. Yes. Really positive things out of B. John Robinson. 10 carries for 56 yards. And yep. most importantly, Field J. Six targets yep. for six catches, 27 yards, and he gets in the end zone through the air. Plus, the eye test was just off the chart. Oh, yeah. I mean, just sick. The touchdown he had yesterday was absolutely nasty. I feel bad for the Panthers defenders who broke their ankles yesterday oh, because Bijan made people look absolutely ridiculous yesterday. The talent just just eye-popping how good this player is. That's the good news, and it's going to continue to be a massive advantage that he has. The question mark is, was the 31 snaps that Tyler Algier had to the 26 snaps that B. John Robinson had yesterday a sign of where things are headed here, Mike? Mm-hmm. You kept making the very astute point that Algier can take away like 30% of the workload from B. John Robinson and still be okay for Bijan. Yesterday, though, was definitely more than I expected out of Algier. I think... I hear you. However, they ran 48 offensive plays yeah. in this game. That is extremely low. And totally. they were still both top seven fantasy running backs. Yeah. So that's what we said all offseason is that this offense could struggle in the passing game. They could use multiple backs and they could still be strong in fantasy. And that's what we saw because normally they're going to run the NFL t- average NFL team is going to run 63 to 65 plays. Yeah. They run 48. That's 15 more snaps on, on a weekly basis that they're going to to play and in even with that situation Algier was terrific and Bichon had 16 touches so there's no doubt he could push for 20 touches a week going forward totally. I don't I care know. if Algier is 50 or 5 Bichon's going to get his 20 how about 55 Ooh. I'll take 55 give him 55 here's a qu- I, give it to 55 if, if they carries get- 55 targets 55 <laughs> yeah. snaps 55 routes 55 touchdowns five touchdowns that's possible I mean mm-hmm. I, yeah I, I hear you Mike you're so right I just don't you think that any reasonable mind is going to be like dude he played fewer snaps than Tyler Algier. He's the eighth overall pick Wait, in the draft. He, like, did he play fewer snaps? I have Bijan thirty-one, Algier Algier twenty-six. Okay, I had that reverse. Okay, okay, so there yeah. were five more. I would have liked that number to be like fifteen more, Daniel. I would have liked that number to also include a little bit of passing game work for either Drake London or a little more for Kyle Pitts. But you said the lowest number of plays run this week, or just forty-seven is, it is was, super uh, low. It's very low for them. It's probably among the lowest they had all of last season. Uh, Don't but love I will that. say this: they played together too. Fifty-seven combined. They only played forty-eight offensive snaps so, there was so pony there was, there was a lot of situations yeah. where they're out there together I, i'm not worried at all about Bijan. drake and, london we're worried about that. yes yeah <laughs> worried about drake london zero points <sighs> one target one, one target. target yeah he ran all the routes i know kyle pitts one. was dominant with two catches i mean relative to drake london at least yeah, that's that, that's there was a long stretch i think it was the first half they had zero yeah. combined targets or zero combined catches in the first half. we're not done on this part we Gosh, are not no. done more yeah. to come on this falcons offense throughout this week i can all promise right. you that we're going to keep working our way through the week one recap but first field help us pay some bills geico asks how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance of course you would and when it comes to great rates on insurance geico can help like with insurance for your car truck motor motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Friends, football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? 
DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code FFF to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 100gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 age, twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, let's jump in here. Field Yates, Mike Clay, Hey-o. Daniel Dopp, re, uh, making our way through the week one recap. And guys, Ohio looked gross yesterday. It did terrible weather. The have to account for that. Yeah. Right? So like when we're talking about Mike, this Bengals-Browns game. Ohio is not the Northeast, Mike. Yes, it is. It no, it's not. Did you it say counts. Ohio was the Northeast? It absolutely counts. That's the, it, it counts as, as far as like the weather patterns, right? If okay. It's, if it's <laughs> raining there and it was stormy in New York, the, the, that sure. counts. There was a big storm in the whole Northeast region. It counts. And the whole Northeast region, like, including Ohio. Mike's, Mike's definition <laughs> of like the Northeast <laughs> of the United States is like anything North or East of Hawaii or it's, Mexico no, is Northeast it, of the U.S. I think like Ohio's the cutoff for what I'm referring to. Okay, wow. in this specific context. I, I, in, in, in the, you know, I'm talking about the weather. All right. Like if there's okay, a, if there's a we'll thunderstorm in Ohio coming Northeast, it's going to hit us. That counts. Okay. All right. That's fair. All, all right. right either way, the, the weather was really bad. Really, really yeah, bad. We already talked about exactly. We talked about these Bengals and how awful they look. Let's start with Cleveland because there was at least some offense there. We saw Deshaun Watson put up uh, close to twenty fantasy points. He was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks of the week. Here's the thing that I noticed when I look at this though: rushing. It was rushing. Yeah, five. Yeah, five carries, forty-five rushing yards, and one touchdown. That gave you ten fantasy points. He had twenty in the week, which means he got 20, ten points. Yeah, throwing the football. That's did, one of the things yeah. we had talked about with Deshaun. We were hoping that mm-hmm. rushing ability was still there. Nice to still see that. Yeah, field. You, you meant to say ten points rushing oh, the football sorry. because uh, as a thrower, he was once again pretty pedestrian yesterday. And I know this is a the weather sucked, so I'm not ready to make the wholesale evaluation for Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. Felt like a few more skipped throws that we saw way too much of down the stretch last season. Season, but for as bad as it was in those six games that he did start for the Browns, one thing that was a silver lining was he averaged six rushing attempts per game. He gets five yesterday plus a touchdown that Daniel mentioned. So like good enough to be sort of floating on that fringe of QB, a QB one, as in the 10th best quarterback for the week here, Mike. Yeah, I remain optimistic. He did not have a uh, good even passing game and was still yeah. QB six in fantasy points yep. pending Monday night football. Uh, I think a minor concern right now is he has made seven starts with Cleveland. He's averaging 28.4 pass attempts per game. We want yeah. that number to be sure. up into the 30s. It's possible with better game scripts uh, going forward. But uh, Brown's looking pretty good. I took a little heat on this here show last week for saying this was a you did. that could be a powerhouse. They are stacked on both sides of the ball. Uh, impressive effort and you, shutting down. Absolutely. Cincinnati. It doesn't, you know. Speaking about not being stacked, what happened to the Bengals' offense? Was this just weather was real bad? Was this, this Joe Burrow? Same was- thing happened last season. Remember they got totally punked by the Steelers in week one mm-hmm. when Burrow had like, what, five interceptions or something Did ridiculous? Did Joe just have too much, too much cash too much in his money. pocket? Holding it's him down. It's hard to run That's when it it's raining and you have all that money in your pocket. They laid an egg. This is the team that has started slow. 
I think each of the past three seasons, maybe three of the past four seasons, they've really started slow. Not overly concerned here, especially because of the weather. If you watch this game yesterday, I felt like Joe Burrow was like, you know, when you play catch with a kid and they haven't really ever played catch before, they can't like competently catch the football and you just sort of like gently try to land it like a foot in front of them so they can't actually catch it, but it doesn't hit them either. I felt like that was what I was watching yesterday. It was like, ooh, Tegan, you're right there. And it was like, just just, just right here. Does that work? And didn't you work know? that way. And like me just now, I didn't, he didn't catch it. And you were T Higgins. On the, yeah. I, thanks, I mean, it's Mike. better than the, the Giants last night. It was the same thing, except for oh, then they fumbled the ball. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll get to that, that. Uh, uh, maybe a little later. But uh, yeah, here's the good news, though. Chase and T Higgins combined for 17 of the 31 targets, yeah. over half of the targets. Joe Mixon Higgins, had 13 t- carries. Targets. Five tar- uh, T, he had like 10 or eight, eight or 10 at zero catches. <laughs> what if I told you you're going to have eight targets for T Higgins in week one? You'd be like, great about oh, that. great. Yep. Yeah. A lot of volume for Mixon too. Going forward, they'll be fine. They've, they have games like this once in yep. a while and uh, we expect them to bounce back next week. They're uh, up against the Bengals. You or, excuse me, up against the Ravens. Not be panicked at all about the Bengals. We all feel that way, right? But is yeah. this one of those situations in fantasy where like because fantasy managers are emotional, you might be able to just, hey, let's throw a trade offer out for 100%. someone that played poorly. Oh, that's my favorite thing to do this week. Like, I'm going to throw so many irrational trade overreaction. Yes, totally. Are you kidding me? I'm going to try my best. Like I will parlay some bench player into Joe, like by like Joe Burrow by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Like you know what? Like Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. I'd do that. Hey right? now. Yeah. All right, let's move ahead and talk about the San Francisco 49ers who looked dominant. Oh my gosh! God, were they great? Huh? They were unreal. Brock Purdy absolutely leading this team. 19 for 29, 220 touch, 220 yards, and two touchdowns. But really, this team was led by Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion. He looked so stinking good. 150 yards on the ground plus a touchdown. Oh, and he still catches the passes like we thought. This is why he's the best running back in football. Him and Austin Eckler are one. I was going to say it was funny. During the first round of games, the afternoon games, everybody was like, I told you to take Christian McCaffrey number one overall. And then we get to the four o'clock games. I was like, I told you to take Austin Eckler number one overall. No, I mean, it was splitting hairs, right? But Mm -hmm. Austin Eckler uh, ended up with the slight edge here and Christian McCaffrey only seated work to Elijah Mitchell when this game got into garbage time. The more pertinent, I think important thing from yesterday though was that Brandon Ayuk just carried on for mm-hmm. what was their tremendous training camp ridiculous efficiency right eight catches on eight targets scores two touchdowns Mike but this guy is just a playmaker if there was a like I don't know that I'm quite at the point where like Brandon Ayuk has totally changed the way that I feel about how this 49ers offense will operate on average it just might be my Daniel probably feels differently, but it I might am. just be that like there, there might just be enough room for four players to start every week in this offense. Yeah, I think so. I feel better about the offense mostly because Brock Purdy looked good you did. and that's going to raise awesome. the, all the boats in this offense. That was the chief concern. How good was their quarterback play going to be? I will say this though about Ayuk. This is not unlike last season. We saw spike games from him. He had three 20 plus fantasy totally. points yeah. last year, two, two touchdown games. He averaged 10 fantasy points per game in his other 17 games last year, including the playoffs. So the question is, is this a guy that's going to do it every week now? Or is this the essentially the week where you maybe right. try to this, work a trade out when yeah. he's one of the top scoring fantasy receivers? I think he's going to still be a little boom bust. They're not, it's not going to be a walk in the park like this. They still have a lot of other mouths to feed. Uh, I think I think it's going to be a similar role to last season. So, so I, I like him a little more than he did last week, but I'm not going. I'm not ranking him like 13th. Yeah, right? he's still going to be in the mid 20s. Are you still going to have Debo Samuel ahead of him? 
It's going to be close, but uh, yes, I think so. His target share, Debo's target share was very similar. Yeah, it was still eight to the seven in the from Brandon Ayuk. He was still yeah. involved about, in the passing game. The thing about Debo that we talked about game. all offseason long was the idea that he has extra value because of his rushing ability. Yeah. And that was one of the things that did not exist yesterday. And I'm what interested. Two carries? Two car- yeah, Three carries. Three carries for Debo. percent of the carries, so. he usually yeah. gets like 10 or 11. It's, it's about yeah. the same. Yeah. No, I mean, this is one of those where it's like, I don't think that yesterday, I don't think this morning is the time to like poo-poo, either like overly poo-poo Brandon Ayuk and say this is just a flash in the pan no, and it can't be a weekly starter or to say I told you so on Debo Samuel because like if I told sure. you you're going to get seven targets and three carries for Debo, you would say pretty much without questioning it going into the week, borderline auto start and five catches, 55 yards for Debo, 55! There it is again. 55 yards. That's our number. So that's, that's number a, uh, that, that, that to me was an, it was an, just an encouraging performance all the way around. And I thought, as, you know, in terms of impressive, I don't know if there's any question that the two most impressive teams this weekend so far have been Dallas and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say 49ers and Lions were those the two most impressive teams that you said? Uh, Lions also impressive. I mean, okay. the Eagles right. beat a good New England team on the road. Hey, so. they did. You know who did not beat a bad team yesterday? We talked all week long yeah. about how the Rams defense is supposed mm-hmm. to be the worst in football, Mike, yeah, Mike Clay. You want to answer for yourself? Uh, Slash me uh, and everybody. Yeah, it's it's uh, week one. That's yeah. that's what it is. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I have look, an answer they for play it. The, they play the Niners next week. I think that and actually the Rams upcoming schedule is really tough. So that's going to be a bigger test. I don't know if this was the Seahawks crashing back to earth or I don't if know the Rams are was. just. Nope. You know what it is? But, good. Sean McVay can coach his ass off. That and that's what I said all offseason was if this team is competitive this year, this is going to be an extremely impressive coaching job. That was an impressive coaching job. Sure was, to yeah. We don't again yeah. we don't know how good Seattle's going to be. Sometimes it takes a little while to sort it out. You'll see a team have an impressive win, then it turns out that team's actually not very good and the win doesn't look as impressive. So we'll see uh in the next coming weeks, but it was an impressive opening effort. I did not expect them to crush Seattle on the road. Yep, I agree. For, for Seattle, we had one of one of our people asked us, uh, one of the camera operators on Fantasy Football Now, am I crazy for benching Josh Allen and playing Geno Smith because this matchup mm-hmm. is so yeah. good this week? That's some of the conversations that people are having because it was supposed to be one of those situations. Are you worried at all about the way that these Seahawks pass catchers could look and this is maybe just a blip on the radar? No, I mean, DK found the end zone. Five targets, still only two that. catches. Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. is as up and down as any player not named Mike Williams amongst wide receivers. He's going to end the season with like eight touchdowns and a thousand yards, but he started slow yesterday. And I thought maybe the most important thing from the Seahawks offense yesterday, Kenneth Walker the third is the guy. Three yes. carries for Zach Charbonnet. Yep. Uh, I think it was 14 for Ken Walker the third. Both offensive tackles left hurt in this they game did. for yeah, Seattle stinks. as well. That was huge. Also, they only ran 46 offensive plays. They did not have a game that low all of last season. That was a fluke. They'll be closer to 64 or 65. Seahawks will bounce back. All right, you're here with Daniel Dot, Mike Clay, and Field Yates making our way through the week one recap here on Fantasy Focus. We're talking about the... L.A. Rams right now, guys. And life without Cooper Cup was pretty good to them yesterday. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this question, Field. Yeah. And uh, uh, let me get through it because I'm trying to figure I want to make sure I ask this the right way. All okay. Right. In going into this situation, we thought that Van Jefferson was going to be the wide receiver that was going to see probably a little bit more target share. By default. By default. default. Yes. yes. <laughs> Not because he, th- he was so far and away better, but just because he's the one that had been there. And then we saw Puka Nakua come yeah. in in that sort of Koopa Cup role. I'm going to Puka Koopa. 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 Kind of thing there. You see what I'm doing? <laughs> and it felt like that role in this offense is what got 15 targets to me. Is this a situation where like he came in and basically played this Cooper Cup role and got because that role got 15 targets? Or is this we might need to start paying attention to Puka Nakua as an actual 
fantasy guy that we need to look at in this Rams offense. I think once Cooper Cup is back, it's hard for me to imagine this offense carrying two fantasy relevant wide receivers, especially if Cup has his normal Cup role, which will be close to 15 targets 15 per targets game, game in some weeks. Right. Um, by the, like, I, I didn't watch it closely. I haven't watched it closely enough back to tell you that it was definitely him aligning where Cooper Cup often did. I thought I saw a lot of Van Jefferson playing that big slot role, which is typically where Cooper Cup aligns as well. I think this is one where, um, while Van Jefferson is a talented player, second round pick, like, I think if you were to describe the ideal role for him, it's probably more Marquez Valdez Scantling, like down the field, mm-hmm, carrying right. a safety or two down the field with him, yep. as opposed to the Cooper Cup role. And it felt like both Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, who also had over 100 receiving yards yesterday, uh, were much better fits for what the Rams were trying to accomplish yesterday. Uh, Nakua did you know, a lot of his damage at or near the line of scrimmage, and uh, Tutu has plenty of speed as well, but felt like the Rams did a much better job than they have over the first two years of his career, manufacturing reasonable touches for him, Mike, mm-hmm. but just an incredible performance by them. 15 targets for a fifth-round rookie in his debut, a 41% target share. That's unheard of. Now, yeah. Look, if he's on waivers, you got to at least pick him up, get gotta him on your bench. He should yep. be 100% For the next rostered. three weeks at least. He might be a superstar. Sometimes gems are found on day three. He could also settle in, be like a Darnell Mooney type player. You know, like that level player. next week it's holding fine. him to three yeah. catches for 21 yards. Exactly. Yep. It's very possible. We just don't know for sure yet. He, there's a reason he fell to the fifth round. So he's in a good position for the next four weeks. I will be ranking him as a starter, uh, probably in the 20s, around 30 in that range for the next four weeks. We'll see what happens once Cooper Cup comes back. But uh, really an impressive effort by him. Just dominated the target. Tutu Atwell is, I don't think I'll be starting him. An impressive effort as well. Shefty had him as right. his long shot yesterday. Yes, Shefty was no, all over right. that one. That's yeah, right. Shefty had him in the War Room League as well. He oh, actually, you, had, you pivoted up from Jaden Reed. To, God, what <laughs> a chicken move. I had freaking locked up. <laughs> I had... Should have listened to me, Field. I've Romeo been, Dobbs, I've been, I've been I know, Romeo but yesterday Dobbs, it was all the reporting was Romeo Dobbs going to play a very limited role. Right. So and all of a sudden he, he has two actually. touchdowns. Yeah, he, he did. did early on that scored yeah, two touchdowns. Limited to scoring touchdowns only. That's what he was limited this to. Is a hard game. Uh, the best part is that I think Shefty's going to win his war room matchup in week one, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> he did have Tutu, who had six catches for 119 yards. He also had Kyron Williams. Stop it. No, we who was on the bench. Had him on the bench, and he got 15 carries, 52 yards, two touchdowns. I am not ready to declare anything definitively after week one, other than a few like small things. Like, like Jamar know, Chase, don't panic. Right. I was yeah. going to say, or like Justin Jefferson, still awesome He's at football, good, yeah. right? But like my fears coming into the season on Cam Akers were kind of confirmed. Like other than volume down the stretch last year, he had that three mm-hmm. touchdown game, but like just so little efficiency for Cam Akers. He had 22 carries yesterday. What did he turn those into, Mike Clay? 29 yards. Oh, my gosh. That is as bad as it gets. I mean, so bad. Yeah, you just don't yeah. see that. It's it's unreal. Yeah. So I was. Uh, uh, I think if you were concerned about uh, Cam Akers coming into the season at all, he was, a do not, he, was in a, he was on my do not draft list. Um, I, I'm not ready to just you, like totally victory lap, but I do feel uh, I, I feel more, uh, probably even more concerned because Kyron Williams played well yesterday. Are you going to play Cam Akers next week against the San Francisco 49ers? That's going to be a no, no I, for me, dog. <laughs> you, can't, you can't start either guy. Uh, just to put some numbers on this, Kyron outsnapped him 56 to, or 52 to 26. Yeah. Akers actually had more carries, 22 to 15. Some of that was down the stretch when, this, when they had a lead. But in the passing game, Kyron Williams ran 26 routes. Akers yeah. ran two, two pass yeah. routes. That's crushing yeah. for his fantasy value. Can't start. I don't think you start either guy. Definitely not Akers. Kyron, probably the slightly preferred play. 
but they also don't really target the running back much in McVay's offense. So yeah. there's a lot of reasons to be worried about this backfield. I prefer to, to use neither guy. All right. Speaking about backfields, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Pollard was really the only guy. Here's what's so weird about this game. The Cowboys dominated. And Tony Pollard was really the only one for fantasy that did anything for us. Yeah, our box score is Tony Pollard and then Kevontae Turpin, who played a little bit down the stretch when they were blowing them out. No, yeah, but, but they also had, had, yeah, they had a return touchdown off of a block field goal. They had a pick six early. It was 26 to nothing before you blinked. So this is one of those the, games the where score, you thought you had more fantasy points than what totally. actually had. I mean, Dak Prescott, who would, if you had told, if I had told you that Dallas was going to hang 40 in week one and Dak would not throw a touchdown, you'd yes. say to yourself, pardon me? 6.3 yeah. fantasy 6.32 fantasy points, but it didn't matter. Uh, this game was won because... This was, there were a few games yesterday that got out of hand mm-hmm. very early. Uh-huh. And this was one where the team at home showed absolutely no life. It's a burn the tape game for the Giants. It's a throw it away game for fantasy purposes if you have a Cowboys player not named Tony Pollard because it's not like CeeDee Lamb was held in check per se. It was because the Cowboys just didn't really need him to do much. Yeah. Four for 77. That's right. Uh, and but Pollard looks sweet in first yeah. his first game as the unquestioned starter. Yeah, not much else to add. Pretty much the same outlook on Dallas. Yep. You know, big roles for Gallup and Cooks. They're going to have to throw more usual. They'll be fine. Pollard's great. He's a, a fantasy star. Jake for, Ferguson maybe is going to creep into that tight end one conversation. Had a ton of targets in this did. game. Yeah. He's looking like the real deal. Uh, last thing I'll say from the Giants' perspective is that as down as you probably are on Daniel Jones, and he's so easy to dunk on, he had 13 carries. That's a good news. Like what you really want from Daniel Jones is that high rushing floor. And he had five interceptions all of last season. Mm-hmm. He had two last night. I really do believe. And I know he turned the ball over a ton in years one he through four, one through three. I don't think that's going to happen every week. I am bullish on Daniel Jones settling back in. It's like mm-hmm. quarterback 12 most weeks at Arizona next week. I think that'll, they get back that'll on track. solve some things. Yeah. For yes. Arizona is going to be one of those defenses. Hopefully that cures a lot of pains for us in the fantasy yep. world. All right, we're going to make our way through more of this in just a moment. But first, do you guys smell that? Is it football? That's the scent of fresh turf and Uh, freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It's college football season, baby. So block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. West Coast, Mike, where does that start? Just on the other side of the West Indiana, Coast, somewhere in Europe, Indiana, I think. I think yeah, is where Pittsburgh <laughs> is the West Coast. That's right. The fans are back, and this year things are heating up. We'll talk more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition here that there is. Dr Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus Field, Jace, Mike Clay, Daniel Dopp, talking yeah. about our Week One reaction and field. Is there one? Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask Mike this because Mike okay. is our Eagles fan. Mike, yeah. is there one Eagles running back that we need to start thinking about starting in fantasy? Or is the answer still just don't start any of them? Maybe. Well, it's there's an answer. Uh, it's not the guy we thought it would be. Okay. After week it's one. not the first two guys. Two we guys thought we it thought it would be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we thought it might be DeAndre Swift. He played. Let's see what he was barely on the field in this game. 17 snaps. It was not Rashad Penny, who was a healthy scratch. It was not Boston Scott, who played eight snaps. It was Kenny Gainwell, who right out of the gate was the starter and was not just that. He was the feature back. He played 38 snaps against Swift, played 17, only eight for Boston Scott. And Rashad Penny was a scratch. Right, He was healthy scratch. Uh, 14 carries for Kenny Gainwell. The other running backs combined had two in this game, ran 15 routes. Swift had 13. So Swift had a little bit of involvement in the passing game and an offense that's not going to throw to the running backs much. So he's off the fantasy radar. No more than a bench player. 
Gainwell is a, we'll say a fringe RB2, certainly a flex option this week uh, up against the Minnesota Vikings. Thursday. I also uh, I can't wait for that game on Thursday night. That, Mike, you watch these Eagles as close as anybody, so you could tell me. That's the most impressive I've seen any defense play Jalen Hurts since the mm-hmm. Ascension mm-hmm. began. So if you're sitting there looking at the box score being like, that's it from the Eagles, it'll get better. Like, the Patriots, we'll see where they end up as a team. That defense is filthy. Yep. Everyone has always talked about you know, Tom Brady during the Belichick era, the Patriots defense has been elite oh, pretty much every year under Belichick. It, it's just People an People can't compartmentalize, story. Mike. Exactly. It's, 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 Tom Brady can it, be the greatest player of all time, and the quarterback can influence things more than any other vision in sports. And Bill Belichick can still be the best defensive mind and the best head coach in Unbelievable. Ever. And it's not that hard to figure never, out, right? The personnel is almost never better than average yeah. on paper. And still, they're... They, they're unreal. But it's I think things would get a lot better happen. yesterday. Like I know if you if you had yeah. Jalen Hurts, you're probably disappointed from like what he ended up with. Uh, I didn't see his final numbers. I, I apologize right now. I don't have it handy, but uh, let's see. I've got him all the way down. Wow, Jalen Hurts finished with just twelve point five fantasy mm-hmm. points. So way down. That's like quarterback eighteen for the week so far. Yeah, who had Mac Eagles Jones? Had a defensive touchdown. Yeah, Mac Jones and essentially garbage time. They were in comeback mode all day. Not really. Not really. I mean, it was like well, they were, they it, were it was down a, double digits for a lot. Right, of, in the first quarter, it was, yeah. but like the, it was a 16-14 game at half. So I really wouldn't yeah, call it garbage came, time. Like well, that, it was, yeah, wasn't it sixteen nothing? And then they just right. Started, so sixteen nothing into the first quarter, sixteen fourteen at halftime. So a competitive yeah. game, but for behind two and a half quarters. Yeah, sure. They were behind. So yeah. they ran and they ran like 70 some offense. Yeah, they're a ton of plays, yeah. ton of plays. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of competitive games, guys, I've been working on my segues. This Minnesota Tampa Bay game did yeah. not go as I expected. Tampa really uh, brought it to Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, or, or Minnesota as really we tell was you not all good. the time. There are a few things in football that are as predictable as luck running out in one-score one games. Score games. The Vikings lost one game that was a one-score game last season. They won 11-1 and one in one-score games in 2022. They're now 0-1 in 2023. And by the way, they draw the Eagles on the road in Week 2 on Thursday Night Football. So this could be an 0-2 start for Tampa. But let's focus in on the fantasy-relevant stuff. Justin Jefferson, thank you. I love you, literally, like one of my children. Um you're just awesome, and you make me feel good about taking number one overall. Alexander Madison, though, I thought this was a game where, like, the I, th- I was hoping for more efficiency, but me here too. are the good boxes he checked. He was the leader in rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. He did find the end zone as a receiver, actually, yesterday, Mike, and really got great. enough involvement as a receiver that you're like, yeah, he's like a fringe RB2. Yeah, this was not a committee. Madison was the clear lead back, played yep. 73% of the snaps, 11 carries to Ty Chandler's three, four targets to Ty Chandler's one. That's fine. That's yep. he might he doesn't need to be super efficient. He's going to be a solid RB2 at worst all season if he continues to get this workload. So, you're exactly right. He is, you know, he is what we thought he was yep. essentially. So, he is who we thought he was. He is. Who we thought he was. Uh, that, that, you got to get it right was, from the gut. Yeah. Yeah, that was, they that are, was Denny Green, too. Who they the thought Vikings they were. Coach. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I thought that that uh, his balance on that reception for the that he got in on the end zone, like we bouncing on one foot and then still plowed through defender in order to get in the end zone, Alexander ah, Madison, was really yeah. nice. It looked fantastic. Uh, let's talk about these Bucks here. Okay. And I'll tell you what. This Buccaneers uh, offense. <laughs> Baker, I'll, I'll say this. I, I watched a lot of this game because I had start. I wanted to see the yeah. NFC North and see kind of what it looked like. It didn't start out great, right? We saw that. Baker Mayfield, though, is a that guy just brings it every game. I know we make fun of Baker. It's really easy to make fun of Baker. Dude's out there stiff arming guys, trying to pick up yards. Like he is a competitor of all competitors. And I think if he's gonna be the like the quarterback of this team, he's gonna keep being that guy. 
these Bucks at least have a chance to be competitive in the NFC South. A little bit. I thought, yes, like in, in, in that the division, NFC South, no doubt, because their defense that. is good. Is Mike Evans, I don't think he can trade super high right now, but is it possible after week one, try to trade up? Like if I were to offer, like if you have T Higgins and I offered you Mike Evans right now, I know you'd say no. Right. Well, I'd say T. Higgins. Yeah. Right. But don't but you think you could possibly 100%. spin that one after this week? Not yes. that Mike, Mike Evans is a Hall of Fame player. And Baker Mayfield, I thought, did perform admirably yesterday. But, like, scored just 20 points, just six catches from Mike Evans. Without that touchdown, both him and Chris Godwin's line would look mm-hmm. pretty pedestrian. And I get it. Like, touchdowns, of course, count. But I do wonder if this is one where it's like, not the best week we're getting from Mike Evans, but a better week than average. And what we told you yesterday was a great matchup for this Bucks exactly. passing yes. attack. So I do wonder if perhaps this is a consideration where you try to see if you can like go upwards with Mike Evans for one of those guys that slumped, whether it's uh Tegan's obviously is the worst case example, I guess. Well, best case for who you could acquire, but worst case in terms of production in week one. I'm with you. It was a good matchup. They scored 20 points in a plus matchup. The league average is like 23 points. You know, they were still below average in the scoring department. You know, there's no, I guess my point of saying that is that my expectations for this offense have not changed at all. So no, it was a good matchup. We upgraded them in our rankings and, and Evans delivered Godwin a little underperformed, but you know, he didn't crush you if you started him five for 51. I only thing I will say about uh, the running game in this offense was like a lot of people who were like anti Rashad white pointed out the lack of efficiency as a runner mm-hmm. last season. Was that because of the offensive line, the offensive system? Well, it carried over to yesterday, but the volume is hard to argue with, right? Mike, I mean, what 17 rushing attempts plus what three targets, 20 mm-hmm. total opportunities for Rashad white. Good enough to probably cling on to that top 20-ish value. Mm-hmm. Very much like Madison played 79% of the snaps, 17 yeah. carries to seven combined for the other running backs. Also, only two targets. We didn't like that, but he did run 21 routes. The other running backs combined for nine. So, yeah. again, very much the clear feature back for now. He will lose that if he doesn't play well at some point, but right now he doesn't have any clear. That's the question. We right. don't We don't know. Is who Sean Tucker is right. really going to be the guy? There? Maybe. Man, he was undrafted. It was uh, his first game. I was not a big fan of him coming into the league, uh, but he also had a, uh, a heart condition that kind of knocked him to the undrafted, undrafted status. Or yeah. might, maybe he would have been a day three pick. Yeah. He's a name to keep an eye on if you're looking for an end to bench guy that has a chance at some point to get a shot at lead back and be fantasy relevant. He's the guy, but for now, it is Rashad White. All right, another running back to look at. We were wanting to see what Javante Williams was going to look like in this Broncos offense. He out-touched Samaje Pirine. Mike, yeah. what did the snaps look like? Uh, they, I'm, Look, after what I saw in this game, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about Javante Williams. Okay. I'll probably have him ranked pretty high this week. Again, the first game, we thought he might not even play for six weeks. We thought he might not play the season at some yep. point during the offseason because this looked like a, a catastrophic knee injury. He played 28 snaps. P. Ryan played 26 in this one. He had 13 carries to P. Ryan's eight. He had six targets to four for P. Ryan. Ran 13 routes to 11 for P. Ryan. Already, so much for being limited. And he was limited, according to Sean Payton. And he yeah. still led in all these categories. He looked good. Uh, I feel great about him, and and this is a guy we thought could be a fantasy superstar. So mm. I, I feel great. And he scored less fantasy great. points. Great, yeah. I feel like great, probably like um, great in the context of what we thought the bad side could be the here. Usage right, was great. Right, yeah. the usage was rock solid. The big question might still be like the offense took. I don't know. Looked a little bit better than last year, perhaps, but they still only scored 16 points total as an offense. So I'm not sure this is an elite offense and P Ryan's role. I do think sustains like I think Javante Williams will get stronger over the course of the year, but I kind of wondered if part of the motivation for Samaj P Ryan being signed by the Broncos was 
we don't think we'll have Javante Williams for the first four games. We'll ride P. Ryan hard. Once Javante is back, he'll kind of fall back into the role he had in Cincinnati as almost exclusively a third down back. He's going to have a real role. I hear you. I, I mean, the offseason chatter was essentially uh, could Javante Williams, when healthy, play the Alvin Kamara role in Sean Payne's offense. And that's exactly what happened in this game. 13 carries and six targets. If he gets that consistently going forward, Javante is going to be a fringe RB1. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel a little bit less optimistic there. I, I agree. I hope that he does more with those targets. Yeah, I thought maybe, I think, P. Ryan looked more sprightly than Javante Williams Fringe did. RB1 because like, you know, like Aaron Jones is a guy that I think of. And we can talk about him at some point where it's like fringe RB1, right? But that's the same kind of usage. 13 carries, six targets. I mean, well, I just feel like there's a different level of dynamicism. Is that the right word? It is. I yes, just it made it up now. if it's not uh, for Aaron Jones, both as a runner and a receiver that I don't know we're going to see from Javante Williams this season because he's still coming off of that major knee injury. All right, let's talk about the Lamar Jackson led Baltimore Ravens. We wanted to know what they were going to look like in this Todd Munkin led offense. Obviously, we talked about uh, to start the show, everything that happened with J.K. Dobbins. And so when we look at this passing game, no Mark Andrews, but that was a surprise for us. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Is is Houston's pass defense legit from last year? I mean, it's I a mean, new scheme, but remember last year they allowed what it was the number five, five touchdown to touchdowns. wide receivers for yeah. Houston in the NFL. They kind of did it again, right? Yeah, the, the they Ravens did. Passing game just did not look very good. Maybe it was a product of the matchup. Who did look good Might in that Ravens been. passing game? I mean, Zay Flowers looked awesome in the he passing sure game. The question with Zay Flowers is a guy that can absolutely fly. He was a small guy that played big in college. Is he going to be Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman type player? Because he had eight catches, average depth of target, 2.7 yards per attempt, or sorry, per target. Eight catches for 79 yards. So I have that. No, let, me, let me get that. Nine, right. nine for catches for, nine for 78. I gave him an extra. Wow. Yeah. Uh, extra yard and extra catch. So nine for 78. Like love, love the target volume. Mm-hmm. If you just look at the way that they utilized him, though, is that as conducive to big plays? That's what we'll find out. It's still only week one. I did not feel like I was watching a revolutionized offense watching the Ravens yesterday. Definitely different and hopefully better. But I would not say that I saw an offense that was as different as maybe some of the offseason rhetoric suggested it could be. How much of that could be impacted by the fact they didn't have their number one pass catcher in Mark Andrews and we rolled Isaiah Likely Totally a big part of it, yes. And not only that, Ronnie Stanley at one point got hurt during this game. Obviously, the J.K. Dobbins injury, uh, the reporting after the game was that the locker room was like totally dispirited because of that, which he's a brother. It makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. You hate to see a guy that is your brother and teammate go down, but that might take some of the wind out of the sails for a team during the course of a game. And, you know, Texas and the Texans defense lack some personnel in key spots, but they're going to play their tails off because they're going to be so well coached by D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. A good group of corners as well. Uh, Odell Beckham actually outsnapped and ran more routes than Zay flowers in this game. Yep. Only had three targets flowers had 10. The best news for both of those guys is that Rashad Bateman actually was out snapped by Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. He is like way down the depth chart. 31 snaps. I yeah. have 31% of the snaps here yeah, for those, Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. those two are the one, two. That's the key for Flowers. You know, he could very much put together like an Amon Ra St. Brown rookie season. You know, a lot of, again, short to intermediate targets. There's a good one. But yeah. soak up a lot of volume. Yeah. So That's Flowers, a good one. I'll be ranking Flowers ahead of Beckham going for forward. Sure. I think he's a guy you want to start. Yep. I agree with that. All right. Field Jates, Mike Clay, Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus. We are talking our week one overreactions. Let's re- overreact like crazy right That's now. what we do here. Field, 
Were we all totally wrong on Anthony Richardson? And is he going to be a top 10 quarterback right out of the gate in fantasy? Because well, it feels like that's what's happening. He will be for week one, but I think it kind of went as planned yesterday, right? So what are the things that we said we were going to count on from Anthony Richardson? Rushing upside. A lot of legs. So he has 40 mm-hmm. rushing yards plus a rushing touchdown on a designed quarterback run yesterday. There's 10 fantasy points right there. Yep. Passing efficiency was going to be a problem. He ended up, or that was one of the concerns that we had. He had one interception yesterday that was like kind of right at the defensive player, sort of like <laughs> one of those, what are you looking at? Yes. And <laughs> he has this thing when he misses, it tends to be like a, ooh, like a, a football equivalent really of an air ball, bad. right? Um, that being said, 211 passing yards for Anthony. I'm sorry, 37 pass attempts. So you like that. So plenty of passing attempts yesterday for Anthony Richardson. I thought his efficiency was better than what we, I mean, was better than maybe it was above the threshold that you needed for him to be a fantasy starter that week. So he pays off in a significant way. And yeah, this could be like, we'll see if I had to redraft quarterbacks right now, Mm -hmm. right? Like, there's like all the guys that went ahead of him. I still have reason to believe can be comparable players to Anthony Richardson, if not better, right? You're not taking him over like the core eight that we talked about all off season, the Sean Watson with poor passing production, either outscored him or was like within 0.25 points of Richardson. So I'm optimistic on this one, no doubt. Um, but it wasn't, uh, but there are still some things. There's plenty of room to grow here for Anthony Richardson, but I am definitely optimistic. How do you feel? Yeah, I want to see. That didn't sound like an overreaction to me. It okay. sounded like a very well-reasoned take, okay. and, and I agree with you. Uh, I feel a little better about him. I'll rank him probably as a fringe QB1 this week. He's going into Houston, so we'll see what he can do through the air yeah. in that game. I think the biggest red flag was probably that he got hurt late in the game, and he seems fine, but yeah. if you're going to carry it, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 times and be lowering your shoulder, you're not going to make it through a 17-game season. So yeah. that might be the largest concern is the way he's uh, kind of playing reckless ball because that's what happened on that injury. He right. put his head down and he got popped hard and was out of the game. He left the game for a he while. Did. Yep. Uh, the last driver. Minshew came back in. Yes. That's right. Minshew. What, what, what do you think? And this is very much projection, but like we didn't have Jonathan Taylor in this offense yesterday. Jonathan yeah. Taylor is one of the focal points of the Colts, and we don't know if he's even going to be back with this team. You didn't like the 13 rushes for 14 yards for Deion Jackson? <laughs> it wasn't my favorite field. It wasn't my favorite either, yeah. Uh, but All it right, makes so me I wonder how this offense would look differently if if he was there. Like That's one of the things. If, if, if Jonathan Taylor comes back, how do we project that this offense would look differently with Anthony Richardson? And that's one of the things that's hard for me to quantify because the running game looked so bad. As long as he keeps being the guy getting goal line touches, a la... Jalen Hurts did, then like he's going to keep having a really nice floor in fantasy. So I just sort of, I just sort of zoned out for a second. Did you already mention Michael Pittman Jr. yesterday? We did okay. not because he was awesome yesterday. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be funny and poke. You know, here's what That's I would say. One. It week, started yeah. slow too. By the it way, sure it was did. a very quiet start for Michael. Is Pittman. that the guy that you sell high on? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean. Because I think there was enough skepticism coming into the season that maybe not. I just made this argument from Mike Evans. Um, It's a consideration. Here's the truth. Um, I have Michael Pittman in only two leagues this year. One, a dynasty league. I'm not trading him in that league because I think he has long-term value. Yep. Two, a 16-team league with two flexes. So if I'm trading away Michael Pittman, like... Hopefully it's going to be hard to find a suitor. I did, yes. Good. I mean, in that league, literally, start <laughs> anybody that actually plays for their offense. Um, so, yeah, I would say that uh, it's a definitely a consideration in a smaller league. Yes. Yeah, I love the hefty target share. Uh, the touchdown was a screen. So Great it was a play, long, yeah. which is, they're not sustainable, but it was a, it was a good play. Correct. Uh, the better number, though, was just the big target share. He put, yeah. what was it, 10? He had 10 like nine, targets. 10 targets, yeah. yeah. 
That's great. As long as that keeps happening, fine. But here's the thing. Richardson's going to run so much that they're not, he's not going to attempt 37 passes most weeks. So maybe uh, cautious optimism. I feel a little better about Pittman. I'll rank him a little higher this year, but I'm worried we're still going to have a lot of them down games. Remember, he only had two top 12 weeks last season. Hater. An extremely high volume offense. All right, let's talk about another quarterback. Anthony Richardson was kind of a scrub in comparison to Jordan huh. Love, who scored 23 fantasy points here in Hold week on. one in place of Aaron Rodgers. I what? need to know, does anybody here have the yards after catch? Oh. On the touchdowns not yesterday? Nope. Okay, because Aaron Jones scores a long touchdown uh-huh. on like a simple pass here. So I'm not trying to take away from Jordan Love entirely. Same thing that but happened to uh, Justin Fields in the preseason when all of us wanted to overreact Rob to that. Purdy. Oh, that, well, we also saw him be you know the best player in fantasy for a month last year. Mm-hmm. So a little bit different circumstances, not, not but you're, week, not, you're not totally off base there. Um, solid performance, though. I, I still think, though, Mike, don't you feel like what, was was there any rushing value here yesterday for Jordan? Uh, not very little. Yeah. Oh, three, 12 yards. On yeah, three so carries. 12 yards. He might so, do a little bit there, but not yeah. much. Uh, they also so, played Chicago, who yes. we don't we don't expect to be a very good. Team. And obviously, no Christian Watson. That so that have to be have to account That's for fair. that. Yeah. They draw. Um, who do they play next week? Shoot, I they should play know this. the. Uh, they're in Atlanta. In Atlanta. So, okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, another good I mean, defense. Impressive start for Jordan Love, but uh, definitely not a player that's on like my top 15 quarterback no, list for this week. No, no. Okay, so then should I be thinking about trading Devontae Adams and trying to get a trade for Jacoby Myers? <laughs> because Jacoby Myers is definitely Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite target, at least he was here in week one. Well, uh, Adams was, was fine as well. There was only two Raiders over three targets yeah. yesterday, and they had 19 combined. It was yep. 10, for Ad, or 10 for Myers, uh, 9 for Devontae Adams. Not obviously Adams will be fine going forward, but my Myers, I felt like was one of the most undervalued players in fantasy drafts all year long. So uh good start. Uh he did uh have the very scary his, injury late. He yes. did. Uh Which, would not be surprising if he misses a week here. So we'll keep oh an eye on that. But uh he and looks a player like he's in missed time with the concussion, I believe, as recently as last year. So obviously hoping for the best here for Jacoby Myers on that big hit. He was terrific. Maybe the best game of his career so far. He had 29.1 fantasy points. Remember when he uh, two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you one thing here. We are getting very close. And if you watch this game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The way that Alexander Madison looked just like Dalvin Cook. There are two players yesterday that are trying to mimic that. Jerome Ford wears 34 for the Browns, and he has the same stance as Nick Chubb does. I mean, I would try to do everything I could to look just like Nick Chubb. He's not as big as Nick (laughs) Chubb is, but still, it's tough to tell them apart pre-snap. And Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, who now both have 16 and 17, Mm -hmm. both have long hair. Like, that's a hard one to pick apart pre-snap. And yesterday, it was a hard one to pick apart Mm post-snap because freaking Jared, I mean, Jacoby Myers was awesome. You, so you have to wonder what New England was thinking there to, to sign uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, the same contract Myers got to go to the Raiders. It was, nah, it was a lot different. Myers, well, Myers didn't seem too thrilled that that, that <laughs> well, happened. Know, but it was, it was it was one of those where it was Juju, like one player was reported as like what he actually was. And the other player was reported where it's like if Juju Smith-Schuster is the NFL MVP for the next three years, he'll get all that money. He'll make as much as Jacoby all Myers. Right, if not, still, he got about two-thirds of what Jacoby him get Myers away, got. Though, was, yeah, was we'll I mean, Juju was... Did not play as much as we expected. He was down the depth chart 53% yesterday. of the snaps yeah. yesterday for Juju. Yeah. That's right. a head scratcher to me. Let's project ahead, guys. Football is so much fun. I'm so glad that we got this Sunday best. behind us. But yeah. let's talk about Monday night football. All right. Let's do it. Let's preview a little bit of this. We got Aaron Rodgers and the Jets taking on the Bills tonight. Mm-hmm. Mike, you took Garrett Wilson in the first round yeah, of I our fantasy wait. marathon draft. What do you think you're going to see with Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers here week one? Uh, this is the overreaction segment still. That's so right. 20 catches, 250, four touchdowns. I that love sounds that. Good to me. First half? 
Yeah, first, that, I would say yeah, first drive. Maybe yeah. first drive. I would say first drive. Yeah, yeah. I think he can. That's do doable, than by the way. Yeah. that's possible. That's possible. Yeah. Is, yeah. Can I, should I temper my expectations as someone that really loved watching the Chargers Dolphins game because they scored a ton of points back and forth? That Is was that, a Big Twelve game. That yes, that <laughs> it was awesome. You're it right. was so fun. That's. That's not what I should expect for Monday Night Football, though, right? Because these defenses are quite a bit better than that. No, it might look like the beginning of that uh, that Browns Bengals game where it was like nothing, nothing for a yeah, while. It was right. like three nothing for a long time, right? It, uh, might be more like that. There's two good defenses, but obviously a lot of firepower on both sides. So it's going to just be a matter of who makes mistakes, really, in this one. I think it's two very good teams. I'm a little higher on the Bills. I think their their uh, demise has been kind of overstated in the offseason. Thousand percent, very yep. very talented roster. They lost three games by eight points last year. Yeah, Total. They, yeah. still basically the same team together. Yeah. I, I'm just curious to see what Josh Allen can do because I feel like his supporting cast isn't as good as it's been in years past. So, really? Uh, yeah, oh, oh, Who yeah. did they offensive, lose? Offensive line's not as good. Okay. Gabe Davis hasn't lived up to expectations yet. They're bringing Kincaid. It's going to be his first NFL game though. Yeah. Uh, the depth there. I mean, Deontay Hardy is like his three. He's going to be playing a lot of snaps. So I don't know if it's uh, as good as it's been in years past, certainly a couple years ago. As usual, Mike Clay forgets to talk about fantasy football. So I'll give you the fantasy preview here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have Aaron Rodgers out. We had him as a non-starter, although I do believe a lot of people that hitched their wagon to Rodgers as their quarterback this season said, you think I'm going to bench this guy in week one? Mm. So I suspect most who drafted them to be a starter sorry, to be their starter, will actually rely on Aaron Rodgers in week one. Could be tough. Uh, Brees Hall versus Dalvin Cook. How much work does each get tonight? Interested that. Certainly sounds like Dalvin Cook's going to lead the Jets' backfield in total opportunities, snaps, carries, maybe even targets. We'll see some Brees Hall tonight, but I think that's going to be one that escalates over the next month or so. And then for the Bills, I think the only question I have is just how much is this the James Cook show in mm-hmm. the backfield? Mm-hmm. I think there is a clear talent gap between James Cook and the rest of the backfield. But as we saw yesterday and we're reminded of very bluntly, NFL coaches don't love to lean on just one back unless that back is Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Even. I well, mean, he got out snapped by Tajay Spears yesterday. I rescind my prior statements. Yeah. I meant traditionally. Yeah. No, I think there's going to be really interesting. I'm totally with you, Field, on this. And one of the things that I want to see, and I hate to say this, how much do they use Latavius Murray in this offense? Because he's one of those guys. When I'm, we're talking fantasy, right? He's like the guy I don't want to touch the football. When the Bills are out there at the goal line, please. Just let it be Josh Allen. Let it be Josh yeah, Allen run no. in or throw or, or give it to James Cook. But Latavius Murray, I worry about being a goal line vulture. One of those guys that's just not going to go away. You know what? Damian Harris, is he back at practice? Is he? Is yeah, he he's going to, he'll be the two, I okay. would imagine. But yeah, Murray will probably have four carries, 12 yards and a touchdown just to drive us up a wall. Yeah, there was somebody else that got one yesterday that I was just like, well, that helps literally nobody. No yeah, like, like there was, I mean, Justice Hill <laughs> scored a couple touchdowns because of the injury to J.K. Dobbins, but there was one more and it's eluding me right now where you're like, pardon? Like that's who's getting your goal line opportunities mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm I'm pumped for James Cook. I you know I was worried about his volume ceiling, but it seems like during the preseason it became very clear that he was going to be the guy. Although again, there, Damian Harris wasn't there much. You know, and maybe uh, Mike. Hold on, give me a minute. All right, go go ahead. give me a minute. I'm gonna get this. There's so many things going through my head at the same time. <laughs> all all so yeah. Fix my things going through. <laughs> your head right I'm, now. Gonna, I'm gonna reset myself there. Uh, you you talked about this Deontay Foreman in Chicago. There was like no hype, uh, and then he had a you know he had a sizable role. It was basically yeah, he a three headed yeah. attack yes, er, yesterday. Could be the same kind of thing with Harris, where we didn't see him because he wasn't hurt, right. and it's just a role he's going to play. And then he's just going to show up in this game and have twelve carries and yeah. score a touchdown. 
we very much can see that here, but uh, I'm excited for Cook. Second round pick last year. Good offense. Year two. All reports are positive. Can't wait to see him. On the docket for this week, we'll go through these various committees because there was a lot to learn in week one about Mm -hmm. how many teams actually relied on a committee and how much of that Mm -hmm. was real, how much of it might be fool's gold. So if you're wondering, like, what do I do with the Bears backfield or anybody else? We'll dive into it this week. Who are you taking in tonight's game? I will go with the Bills. I'll take the Bills. Wow. All right. I'm going to take the Bills, too. I'm definitely not taking Aaron Rodgers. We can't can't all pick the Bills. (laughs) Who wants to change their pick? All right. Fine. I'm not doing it. I'll take the Jets for the show's purpose, even though I think the Bills are actually going to win the game. That's that's high-end analytics right there. That is covering my bases right there. That's your process. Hey, this was a really fun week one. One more game, guys, but football is upon us. Like, I am ready to be here here the whole season. Just recall that everything that happened yesterday is exactly how it's going to be for the rest of the season. The rest of the year. That's right. All right. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Check us out tomorrow on the podcast. And week. on TV today, 2 o'clock Eastern time. That's right, on ESPN2. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget to love each other. We love you guys. We will see you tomorrow. Good luck in Monday Night Football. So tomorrow, try talking, like, coherently. I'm going to try. That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this is what happens when you spend your Sunday working from 7 a.m. till midnight. You're doing the Marshawn Lynch yeah. pregame before the show? Yeah. What? I had a lot of Skittles, for sure. A Langford fan for life Chargers are off to a terrible start But that won't change his mind Matching up all the cornerbacks Touchdown regression and weekly stats But if your team falls flat He's the one to blame He's a brainiac, brainiac